create a writing career, then tune in and take notes because on Simply Write, we talk about the writer's craft and the qualities and quirks of living a writer's life. Let's go. Hello, writers. This is Polly, and you're listening to Simply Write, the podcast where we talk about the craft and quirks of living a writer's life. You know how we work here. We we have a lot of writers on. I have people on that I want to learn from, things that I'm working on in my own publishing career. And I, you know, I read the books, I prepare for the interviews, I do the research, and then I, I set up the interview and we go from there. Um, I'm not as prepared for this interview as I usually am because every time I started in on one of Art Taylor's short stories from the adventure of Castle Thief and other expeditions and indiscretions, I got so sucked in that I couldn't even diagram the story or look at what was working or not. And I would sit there with the intention of my notebook in my hand, like I usually do to prepare about what's working, what I like, what I don't like, how I could write it, how I, what I need to learn. And I, I just kept getting sucked into stories and I didn't have a chance to go through and reread them. So we're flying today. You're going to learn right along with me. Art Taylor is the author of two short story collections, The Adventure of the Castle Thief and Other Expeditions and Indiscretions, which is soon to be out, as well as The Boy Detective and The Summer of 74 and Other Tales of Suspense, and of the novel and stories On the Road with Dell and Louise. He's the winner of the Agatha Award for Best First Novel, Del and Louise, and he won the 2019 Edgar Award for Best Short Story for English 398 Fiction Workshop, which originally uh, was appeared in Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine. He has won three additional Agatha Awards, Anthony Awards, McCavity Awards, Derringer Awards for his short fiction, and his work has also appeared in the Best American Mystery Stories. He is also in between all of this, an associate professor of English at the George Mason University, and he contributes to Washington Post, Washington Independent Review of Books, and Mystery Scene Magazine, among others. Okay, that's a long list of teaching and writing art. I don't know when you're getting all this done. Welcome to Simply Write. Oh, thanks so much, Polly. Thanks for having me, and uh and and for the the you know kind words about the adventure of the castle thief uh, you're one of the first folks to read it there's only a few uh, advanced copies that went out so I'm glad glad to hear you're enjoying it well i am and i will read it again because i i there are so many things i want to talk to you about in that book in in your writing overall but i think really going through and dissecting the stories we love has proven a, to be a great way for me to learn in my own writing practice. Is that something you suggest to your students or is that something you do? Oh, sure. Yeah. Today, um, as, as we're recording this, today's actually the first day of classes at George Mason. And so, you know, one of the things we're doing uh, already is beginning to look at models for student writing. And I, I tend to follow that um, fairly closely. You know, let's, let's read a published and hopefully successful short story. Um, how does it work? What is it doing that's interesting? And how can how can students then apply that to their own short stories? I say short stories, but that, I do the same thing with my nonfiction classes, with essays. Um, we're reading novels this semester. So, so whatever we're reading, it's all like, what can we learn as a reader that we can then take as a writer? And I follow that myself. Yeah, it's useful to me for sure. And, you know, we all hear the advice, read, 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 read. And 
read deliberately and and enjoy the story. There's a couple other books I've gone back through after I've read them, allowing myself to get sucked in the experience as a reader, but then gone back and look at certain passages or or read the book again to see why it it piqued my interest as a reader. You know, you read for fun uh, the first time, and then you know, a, a next read is when you're really kind of studying it. I wish I could. I wish I were more. I wish I were better at doing both at the same time. But like you said, sometimes you kind of get sucked in to a story, and it's just let me experience this as opposed to analyze this. You know, it's two different ways of approaching things. Yeah, I wish I did that more actually, because I do. I don't want to lose my interest as a reader, and I think I write. Um, I'm just now working on a short story, my first time, but I write mostly nonfiction, and for a while there, it took the fun out of reading for me, and I I needed to work to go back to that. Yep, and that's that's that that is part of the balance. You know, I've heard from some writers that that, and it's it's. It's sad, but the idea that you know reading has not has not been as fun because I'm I'm looking at it in a different way, um, and and that's uh, that's a loss. It's certainly a gain in other ways in terms of what we we understand from our reading, but you you don't want to lose that. The, the thing that brought me to a to wanting to be a writer was devouring books as a child. You know, sitting in the the armchair. Um, in, a, in the den where I, uh, in the house I grew up and just devouring books and, and, and wanting to give that same experience to somebody else. This brings us to the daily segment. Today, I'm pairing and, and talking with you. After this, I've got to do some promotional correspondence with people who I'm sending letters of introduction to or working on projects with. I want to check in on those projects. I'm picking my kid up from school for an appointment, right? That's part of my daily writer's life too. Sending out a couple of invoices because I do a lot of uh, custom work with clients to pay the bills and and also to keep my chops strong. And then uh, hopefully around 11 o'clock, I'll get to a, a fiction piece I'm working on. So that's kind of how my day's going. I, I, not as much writing time today as some other days. What does a, a day look like for you? Well, it's interesting you say uh, right there at the end, not as much today as other days. Um, you know, I, I do know writers who are very regimented about putting in a certain number of hours a day or reaching a certain word count each day, whatever that word count might be, 500, 1,000, um, you know, some people even more ambitious than that. I have tried that at times in the past. I am not successful at that, in part because, like you said, you know, we have a, an 11-year-old son. I walk him to school um, on the days he goes to school and then, and then walk to campus uh, or walk back to work at home. Um, and in, in a lot of cases, because of school, you know, lesson prep or grading or the classes themselves, um, it's, it's hard for me to keep on a, a, a consistent schedule with a certain number of hours or a certain, uh, certain number of words. You know, one thing I have found, though, um, and I'm going a couple of directions here. Uh, one thing I have found is that if I'm able to touch base on a piece of writing uh, on a regular basis, Meaning it may not be that I'm gonna gonna get an hour's worth of, of 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 writing done or two hours, but if I'm able to just read a little bit and make a couple of notes um, or or keep it on my brain um, percolating as I'm taking that walk or as I'm you know doing whatever I'm doing about the day, then that helps when I am able to get to the computer uh, or to the notebook and and actually have some writing time. 
Now, that's one thing. The other thing is um, our local chapter of Sisters in Crime has started doing a lunchtime power ride. They were doing it a couple of days a week, Tuesday and Thursday, um, and then more so here in NaNoWriMo month. And then that momentum is carried where the group is meeting every day at noon. Um, drop in if you can. It's on Zoom. Um, and uh, kind of level accountability there, uh, the way that if you're going to go to the gym, that's one thing. If you're going to go to the gym and meet somebody, then that puts a different level of expectation on you. So I've tried to go to the power rights there at lunch. And here at Mason, we've got a similar thing with a faculty writing community that does writing sprints every Friday um, from 9 to 11. And I'm one of the fellows in that faculty writing community this semester. So one of the leaders of the seminar or the, the uh, sprints. And, and that really helps if I'm like for two hours on Friday, I'm going to put everything aside and make sure that that time is, is almost sacred in terms of working. It's not every day, but it is some days. And I think that that helps get where I need to go. Yeah, I agree. And I think building it into your schedule, it has to happen that way for me. So uh, I have some Friday writing time. I belong to a writer's group, which is a new thing for me because I'm not really a groupie type. But boy, knowing I have to show up there on Tuesday, Tuesday evening, I get the work done and I'm better for it, too, after hearing their work or spending time. When we get to talk to people who are interested in what we're interested in, it, it boosts my inspiration, too. That's one of the great things about being at a, you know, in a creative writing community here on a campus. You know, we have both an undergrad a creative writing program and a graduate creative writing program. And having come through the MFA myself, being among like-minded people who are all committed to something is inspiring. And now being in the classroom, working with these students in a different way, you know, that helps inspire as well. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it is time away from writing in those cases, but it's time that helps inform my writing. When I, when I am sitting down at the computer. What is your process like when you're in the classroom or you're doing other things with your, your son or your family? Are you thinking about the story you're working on? Are you a, a right in a coffee shop kind of guy? Do you need it quiet? How do you shape these ideas from your head to the page? Sure. Um, that's a, a good question. You know, my, my wife uh, is Tara Laskowski. She is a uh, novelist and short story writer as well. And we often make the, the, the joke that if we're sitting at the breakfast table, we can tell when the other person is in like writing mode inside their head, percolating uh -huh. or something, because you're kind of kind of not quite there um, and, uh, and and learn to to respect that a, a little bit and say that's, that's part of the process. Um, you know, you try to, to, to use this phrase, try to be present. If I'm with my son, I want to be focused on him. If I'm doing something with my wife, I want to be focused in that direction. Um, but a lot of times if I'm, as I mentioned, taking a walk by myself, then that's when some of that that works in my head. Uh, I use the word percolate because if I've got an idea, whether it's, you know, writing a, 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 a paragraph I'm working on and actually thinking about those lines in my head, um, or if it's a plot point I'm trying to work out, sometimes a walk um, or as people say, a drive or a shower or something like that is the time when it works. In terms of actually writing, um, I do write uh, primarily at my uh, desk at home. Um, I do tend to have music uh, going is, is jazz. I put that on the background. I think that helps to loosen something in my brain. Um, it may be a cliche, but I, uh, we always have nice candles and I usually light a candle. It seems to kind of trigger this is this is the start of of the writing. Um, 
and then and then usually a, a cup of coffee. So uh, those three things, um, and then either either longhand, I do write something in a notebook, uh, but mostly just just uh, you know typing things directly. In terms of process, though, I'm I am messy. Uh, I don't always write start to finish on a story. A lot of times I'm you know writing something from the middle or the end, whatever the entryway is into the piece of fiction that I'm working on, and then kind of flesh out. Uh, around it in one direction or another. So it is not a linear process. Um, it, it is usually a, a do a little bit here, back up, do a little bit there until it, it comes together. I don't know that I recommend that to everybody, um, but but it is it is what seems to work for me. Did you always know that about you or have you arrived at your process over the years? Um, and one thing I've mentioned on the show before is I suggest people pay attention to this. You know, for me, it's kind of been an evolution, different stages of my life, different things work, but there are some basic things I need and it's way more than one cup of coffee. I'll tell you that there are some basic things that I come back to and then I'm, and then it's kind of evolved, but I've, I've learned to honor that. I'm not a 5am writer. I've tried that. I'm not, I'm, I'm more like middle of the morning writer. So have you learned that? Does it change? Do you cultivate that in yourself or do you think it matters a whole lot? Um, I think it. I think it does matter, but I think it's different for every person. I remember, uh, and, I, and I've mentioned a couple of times the creative writing program here at Mason. Um, when I was a student here, I remember there was a, a professor who would go around and ask what you wrote yesterday or what you did, and uh, and there was a sense in which if you didn't write every day, um, you weren't a writer. Um, and 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 somehow that that drove home as if I needed to do it a certain way. Um, that's changed. One thing I say about, about folks who do a creative writing program, I think a lot of people expect uh, it's product driven. I will finish my novel in the MFA program. Uh, I will find an agent by the networking with the professors. I will then get it published. And I think that what people can take from a, a creative writing program is the kind of thing that people should get from any organization they're in or should have awareness about with what they're writing, which is number one, a group of people that might help read your work or just inspire you in some way. That's great to be in that community. The other thing is an awareness of your your best writing process. And I think that is something you discover. If you write better in a coffee shop, go there. If you write better in silence, recognize that. If you want to listen to this kind of music or if you need this cup of coffee or if you work better longhand or if whatever whatever's best for you is something I think you need to discover over time. I used to, I'll tell a quick story, I used to try to write before I came in to campus, and it was like, I have to write from 9 to 10 o'clock, and then I will head to campus for a 10.30 class, for example, um, and I would bang my head against the the screen almost because it wasn't working, and then I would, you know, throw it aside, and I would walk to campus, and along the walk to campus, I would realize something that I hadn't thought while I was standing in front of the computer. I'll come back to that. I think walks help me a lot. I need to recognize that if I'm having trouble with something, get away from the computer, step out. That's part of my process. That's not for everybody, but I've, 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 I've understood that. And I think every writer has to understand how do you work best? For me, so much of the writing is happening during the rest of my life. You touched on a, a few minutes ago. Um, I'm writing a fiction project. And I haven't done that in a long time. I, I specialize mostly in nonfiction. And I took some time over the Christmas holidays. And by some time off, what I mean is I just did the work that was paying me, 
the deadline work that I had, the <laughs> things that clients were waiting for, magazines and so forth. And I took some time off from the fiction. Boy, it was hard to get back into it when mm -hmm. I came back. And so what I've done since then is what you suggested at the beginning. Just look at it a little bit each day, tinker with it or read through it or cut something, add something. And that has helped me so much more in the course of my day all week long. If I'm going for a walk or picking up the kid, I'm thinking like, oh, right, there's that, there's that answer, or that's how I can write out of this. Or it's just a really interesting way because the writing is happening wherever I am, it seems like. Yeah. And I'm going to come back to a point that you made about getting it on the page and then revising later. You know, one thing that I uh, that I found works best is even if I get, as Anne Lamott said, the shitty first draft, even if you get something down on the page, then that gets my mind working about about everything in a different way than if I'm just thinking about what needs to go on the page. And so revision is a is, is a big part of what I do. And revision is recursive for me is not always get a full draft down and then come back and revise that full draft. Instead, it may be get a section down. Think about that. Come back and revise it as a foundation for what to build, what to build forward from. So, um, so I, I agree with you. Just getting words on the page does something as well. I do the revision the same way too, and that's why I think I don't write to a word count um, because I'm constantly coming in and shifting, and I might not have a thousand words for my day because I've, you know, deleted or add or shifted things around, but it's still been a good day of work. In nonfiction art, writing short is the hardest work I do. I'd rather write a long form piece. Now you, you've written a, a novel, you've written all kinds of nonfiction as well. And yet you're very well known. I read that you're called the Edgar Allan, Allan Poe of short stories, right? Crime. You know, Naomi Hirahara uh, said that as a, uh, wrote that as a, as a blurb for the new collection. And I was like, <laughs> it's that was awesome. Some heady company to be in. But I appreciate it. <laughs> it is, but I could see that. Some of these themes are very dark. Some of the stories are very dark. Some are um, more paced. and It's just interesting. Read the collection. Yeah. writers if you if you want a master course on how to write a a short story take a look but why do you keep or why do you keep coming back to the short story why is this what's driving you right now um you know there are a couple of things one is I, I really enjoy reading short stories um you know my wife and i will often uh, of an evening after our, our son goes to bed i'll read a story aloud it is it is nice to be able to have something that you can experience in a single sitting and this is something that goes back to when i was younger and uh and and reading even as a early teen ellery queen's mystery magazine so there's something about the form that uh that it does appeal to me as a reader and i think in terms of process because i because of the way i do write um, i'm able to keep keep the sense of a full short story in my head as I'm, use this word again, percolating on it in a different way than if I were trying to, to do a, a, a novel. Uh, I just, I'm able to, I'm drawn to that form uh, as a reader and because of my process um, as a writer. Um, and then of course teaching, you know, and, and when we, we uh, uh, teach fiction workshops uh, uh, here at Mason and short story tends to be the thing that we teach because we can look at it in its entirety. So I guess so much of my, my brain is just geared in that direction. Well, I like it. I want to talk more about the specifics of crafting a short story. When we come right back, you're listening to Polly Campbell on Simply Right with author Art Taylor, part of the Creators Network of Electrocast. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
And we're back. I'm Polly. You're listening to Simply Write, talking about crafting a writing life and a writing career with author Art Taylor. And right before we went to the break, we were talking about his crime fiction. He's a specialist in short stories, writes all kinds of stuff. And you should absolutely. Art, when is the book The Adventure of the Castle Thief come out? On um, February 14th. Um, all right. Is the pub date. Yep. Watch for it. I got an advanced copy. It's awesome. And um, you'll get sucked in like I did, I bet you. And then go back and look at the way some of these stories are structured and uh, the way characterization is done. Or you use a lot of different structures in each of these stories, different lengths, all kinds of things. I'm thinking of the book opens with one about Mrs. Marple, um, which was really surprising to me. But you did that story in almost bullet points, and mm-hmm. yet it felt very cohesive. How do you come up with a structure, and how important is structure in the shaping of a story? Sure. Um, you know, that was an interesting story with an interesting backstory to it. Um, it, it the name of it is Mrs. Marple. Mrs. Marple, let me emphasize that. And the hit and run, it is not a Miss Marple story, but it is a, a character who is trying to come to terms with the character of Miss Marple and, and her own aging. Um, I wrote that originally um, as a, a about a 10,000, actually 10,000 plus word story that was more traditionally linear. And I was um, trying to work on part of it for a reading I was doing. And I remember uh, having my brother and my uh, then girlfriend at the time um, sit down to, to, to let me read part of it as if I were, were prepping for the reading. And they were bored. I could tell just like, like this was, was not working on the page. Um, I ended up trying to rework it. And as you said, it's like it's like small scenes and then followed by bits of information, almost as if what's flitting through the main character's mind. Um, and uh, and it is, it is bullet points at, at cases, but it cut down to like twenty five hundred words. That's tremendous, uh, you know, yeah. shift from ten thousand plus to uh, under twenty five hundred. But I think it worked better that way. Um, I do like structure. I do like playing with structure. I like discovering. I'll put it that way. Um, you know, which structures work best. So even if I write a first draft in one direction, I might go back and rework it in another. One of the things I teach, um, one of the texts uh, that I use in the classroom is uh, Narrative Design by Madison Smart Bell. And he talks in there about linear stories and the way they work. That's about half the book. And then modular stories in which Mm -hmm. you may have, let's say, just for example, a shuttling back and forth between two different points of view telling the same story or two different time frames the main character as a child, the main character as an adult, and the way that the that the one informs the other. Um, I do find that very exciting in terms of the way that it can open up a story, both in terms of chronology and time and space. And and uh, so I'm I'm excited about the idea of modular storytelling. And a lot of what I do then tries to explore, you know, where could that where could that go? How could you push that? Um, the story, the fortunate one, the Edgar with English 398 Fiction Workshop um, has a similar sort of thing. It's got bits and pieces and those bits and pieces add up to something more. And I will say this, one of the things about writing a novel versus writing a short story or writing a short story versus writing a novel is, is the, the approach. I've said before that with a novel is about accumulation. Let's add more characters, more complications. Let's possibly add a subplot or two in. Let's with a short story, a lot of times it is a process of subtraction. What can I take away? What's not necessary mm-hmm. here? And how do I keep the focus on um, where I do want to go? Um, 
So longer, longer first drafts and then shape it to what you need. Okay, I ran that, along a little bit there, but, uh, but that's great. But it sounds excruciating longer first draft. And then you take out all that. Awesome. A lot of times, I mean, I do have a sense sometimes when I'm, I'm starting to write something, kind of what I'm aiming for. Um, but, uh, but that's not always the case. Sometimes things grow beyond what I thought. And sometimes things, uh, turns out need to be a, a, a little shorter. Um, that is one of the flexibilities about, about the short story is, you know, you, you Everything counts as a short story from a, a, a piece of flash fiction, less than a thousand words, uh, right on up to a novella or novelette, depending on how you term it, you know, 15,000, 18,000 words. Um, it's different approaches, um, you know, different different forms within the form of the short story. But it's, it's nice to, to know that you've got that flexibility and go the direction you need to go. Can you make a living from publishing Selling and publishing short stories? Yeah, probably not. Um, you know, the uh, there was a time, you know, early twentieth century, uh, mid twentieth century, people were were maybe um, making enough money from short fiction, but I, I, I don't think that's that's the case. Um, unfortunately, there are some paid, uh, you know, fairly well paying uh, publications out there, but um, but I don't think it would be enough to to make a living from, which is why you 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 know, do see some people that are writing short stories that also are writing novels or people that, that also have day jobs, uh, needless to say. Um, and a lot of short story publications of, you know, you, I remember the, 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 the days from my own grad school where you would, you, you know, if you're lucky enough to get something published, you might get a contributor's copy or two. Um, that was the, that was the payment for it. Um, and that continues now uh, where the, the, the pay is not always commensurate with the time. Is it, valuable to publish for other reasons do you like that your work is out there i i suspect you're driven to write the stories no matter but is there some other reward for getting the stuff out there sure you know one thing is and this goes back to uh you know the idea of like marketing uh or getting your name out there um i always think of anthologies and i'll come back to the sisters in crime anthology if you have a story in an anthology and a, and a writer picks that up instead of picking up you know, an experience in one author's work in an anthology, you might get 15 or 20 authors. And then you can go and if you like somebody, find their other work somewhere else. Um, same is true with, say, an online publication. We used to joke that there are, you know, literary journals that um, that that you that are harder to find. You have to, you know, buy a copy. And how many people are actually reading that if you got published in it? But if you're published in an online magazine, an online journal, and you can share it on social media, let's say you pay, got paid nothing for it, and you're sharing it, and people don't have to pay to read it, but they are discovering you, and it's a good way to get your work read, and hopefully then, you know, build a, a, a platform or a, a jumping off point for people to find your other work. So mm -hmm. I think there, there are benefits, uh, benefits there in many ways. Yeah, I think the benefit too, you know, right before my first book, I, I had always wanted to publish a book. And then I published a, a book and I, I realized, regardless of the advance and the royalties or whatever comes after that, the best part of the whole process for me was writing that darn book, you know, and mm -hmm. it's, it's still that way. There's so much value and in sharing ourselves that way and creating that work and, and telling stories. It's how we're, we're wired. I really, I'm idealistic to think that's the value to the writer and the reader, but it helps if we can make a little extra beer money too, you know, <laughs> make a living out of this if we can. 
It is. Um, and, you know, it, I, I think of, and this is a different direction, but, you know, there was something I read just the other day in the newspaper about poets and the idea of, you know, many poets here, here and I think it was, you know, a couple of thousand um, copies that a, a, the average poetry collection might, if it is successful, uh, sell. Um, and it said, if you're, you know, a poet, a lot of times it is, you are a teacher, you are working in a different direction. Of course, this is true of most writers. My wife is a novelist. Um, and, you know, had, had two novels out. They've done very nicely, but she also works as an editor for an mm -hmm. education association. Most people are carrying a day job in addition to whatever, whatever uh, money they're making. Yeah, and I think sometimes the day job writing that I do often really informs the other work I do too. It, it teaches me along the way and uh, gives me something to root me a little bit also. Keeps <laughs> me going. Before we wind up here, I want, what if we want to start on our short story today? What if we want to ship the work and try to publish somewhere? Do we start by searching for a journal and then writing to that journal? Do we work on our story first? How do we get started in, in this type of writing to publish? Sure. I and mean, there's a couple of balances there. Uh, you know, one is you can just write the story that you want and then find a you know, place to, to, to publish it. Um, and I come back to like Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine or Alfred Hitchcock's Mystery Magazine. You know, you read those magazines, you kind of get a sense for the, what they're looking for, and then you write something that you think they might be interested in. Um, that's that's one approach. And we think of, of writers wanting to express themselves. I've got a story to tell, and I want to get it on the page. Um, there's other approaches too. Um, you know, find a, a an anthology that has a call for submissions. You know, what is it asking for? Is it asking for uh, to go to my local chapter? of uh, Sisters in Crime, the Chesapeake chapter, you know, they've got a sports-themed anthology coming out. They've had one that was focused on animals. Uh, there was one that was all about uh, about weather of some kind. And, um, and a prompt like that can get you moving in a good way. And particularly if they've got a word count, as they do in most cases, these call for submissions, then you say, I need to write a 5,000-word story that is about something related to sports and murder. Well, how does that get your, your brain going? And mm -hmm. I think that can be very uh, helpful as a prompt. Um, if, you know, if, if you are looking for, if you are looking for publication, let me write toward this specific editor, this specific outlet. So yeah. that's part of it. Um, in terms of, of the writing itself, um, you know, I've, I have, uh, I've done, uh, I've done various classes and, and seminars beyond what I teach actually at, at the college, you know, kind of one day things. And I always say, uh, here's a, write a six sentence story. Try to get the, 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 the real armature of a story down. Who is a character? Get that in one sentence. What does that character want? Get that in another sentence. What are they going to do about it? That's another sentence. What is the conflicts that they're facing is a fourth sentence. And then you go to the last two. Does it work or does it not? And what's the happy ever ending happily ever after, or what's the unhappily ever after that is the resolution. Um, you know, if, if you're able to, to sketch that out, then you can start building from that. That can be a starting point. Or just write a scene, write your character in some sort of a, of a crisis or conflict moment, build out from that. Again, as we talked in the earlier session, uh, earlier part of the, the, the talk, get words on the page and then start building from there. The six sentence structure helps keep that focus as you are getting the words on the page. 
I love that. I wrote that down. I'm going to, I'm going to do that. My, I'm going to do that myself because I'm all over the place. I can, I can feel it too much, really heavy on characterization or the stakes aren't high enough or whatever it is. So that's, that's going to be helpful to me. Use that sixth sentence, not only as a, as a generative tool, let's get started, but also if people have got a draft, look back and then as you're reviewing it, use it as a diagnostic tool. The character I'm writing about, what do I see him wanting in this? Mm. Because if, if at times the first draft is a mess, that uh, that that tool can help you to to kind of bring it in order and organize your thoughts better on a revision. That makes sense. What does the character want? Yes, that makes sense to me. All right. Art Taylor, I know you have to get back to your other work, um, teaching writers. So tell me where we can find The Adventure of the Castle Thief and other expeditions and indiscretions and your other work and and check out what you're up to. Uh, sure. I mean, the easiest way, um, the, the new book's coming out in February, as I said, uh, right now, uh, Crippen and Landrew, who is my publisher, um, has pre-orders available. It will be up in, in other places um, pretty soon. But you can also go to my website, uh, www.arttaylorwriter.com, and I'll have information there. Um, there are also some you know, possibilities to, to pop in for some, uh, some, some free stories that are linked there. Um, and I do have a newsletter. Uh, I encourage folks to subscribe, and I'll uh, do giveaways and that kind of thing uh, through the newsletter, too. So. Fantastic. And and we are at simplywrite.substack.com and polycampbell.com. And I'm going to link uh, in in that column newsletter to Art's page and his book. So check it out. Go to his page. There's some great stories there and some other stuff. Art, this has been a masterclass. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to visit with us today. I, I learned a lot and I love talking with you. No, it's been so much fun and I uh, appreciate you having me on and uh and it's it, you know, just a real pleasure. Author Lori Moore says it this way. A short story is a love affair. A novel is a marriage. A short story is a photograph. A novel is a film. And writers make some time to sit down and simply write. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production.
Patrick Ass.